Science Journal for Kids and Teens presents Can a Robotic Arm Be Controlled by the Brain? Adapted from the original peer-reviewed paper in the journal Science, published on May 21, 2021. Research conducted by Jennifer L. Collinger, Robert A. Gaunt, and others from the Rehab Neural Engineering Labs and the Department of Bioengineering at the University of Pittsburgh. See the full list of authors and their affiliations in the accompanying PDF. Read by Miranda Wilson. Abstract. Pick up a nearby object. Easy, right? Not for many people with tetraplegia. They have an injury that prevents their brain from communicating with their hands. That means they cannot move or feel objects. We want to make a robotic arm that people with tetraplegia can control with their brain. In a previous study, we put small implants in a person's brain. They used their sense of sight to guide the arm to an object. Then they picked it up and placed it in a new location. In this study, we added a second set of implants. We placed them in the part of the brain that senses touch from the hand. That meant the person could feel when the arm touched an object. We found that this touch information improved a person's ability to complete a set of tasks with the robotic arm. It cut the time it took to complete these tasks in half. This is because the study participant could grasp the object faster using both senses. Introduction. Think about how often you use your hands each day. From texting to picking things up, we use our hands all the time. But that's not true for about 170,000 people living in the United States. Because of a spinal cord injury, they have tetraplegia. That means they cannot move or feel parts of their bodies. This often includes their arms and legs. We wanted to make a robotic arm to help people with tetraplegia pick up and move objects. That's why we developed a brain-computer interface. A brain-computer interface takes brain signals and turns them into instructions. Then a device can follow these directions. For example, a person thinks about picking up an object. The brain-computer interface then tells a robotic arm to pick up the object. Our first brain-computer interface allowed a person to control a robotic arm. They told it what to do based on what they could see. This brain-computer interface was successful, but it was slow. It also struggled to grasp objects compared to able-bodied hands. So, we developed a new brain-computer interface. This new interface included touch sensors on the robotic hand. When these sensors made contact with an object, the interface let a person feel a sense of touch. We called this interface a bi-directional brain-computer interface. That's because it brings information to and from the brain. Next, we tested it to see if the extra sensors gave more control of the robotic arm. Here you can see a study participant testing the bi-directional brain-computer interface. The study participant is on the right side of the image wearing a red, blue, and white shirt. The robotic arm is on the left side of the image and is black. Methods. 
We put four microelectrode arrays into a volunteer's brain. A microelectrode array contains sensors that record and cause neural signals. Neural signals are messages used by the body. They communicate information to and from the brain. We place two arrays in the part of the brain that controls hand and arm movement. These arrays sent neural signals to control the robotic arm. We placed another two arrays in the area of the brain that receives information from the hand. These sensory arrays made neural signals. They let our volunteer know when the robotic hand was in contact with an object. We asked our study participant to complete a set of tasks. They had to use the robotic arm to grasp and pick up an object. Then they placed it on a platform as quickly as possible. They did this for eight different objects. They also had to pick up a cup, pour the contents into another cup, and place the cup back down on the table. We gave each task a score based on how long it took to complete. We calculated a total score for all tasks. The volunteer completed the tasks with and without the touch sensor arrays turned on. They could see their robotic arm, which was not attached to their body. Figure 1. We wanted to see how quickly the study participant could use the robotic arm to pick up and move individual objects to the platform. In the image, you can see a diagram of the robotic arm on the right and some of the objects to be picked up. They include things like a cup, a ball, and a cube, which can be seen on the left. Results. Touch feedback improved the study participants' ability to grasp and move objects. The highest possible score for each object was a three on a scale from zero to three. Without the touch feedback, the volunteer earned this score only once. With the touch feedback, they earned this score 15 times. The highest total score possible for moving the eight objects and pouring the contents was 27. The median score without the touch sensors was 17. With the touch feedback, the median score was 21. The difference in score also matched the time difference. The median time to complete all the tasks without the touch feedback was 20.9 seconds. With the sensors, it went down to 10.2 seconds. Here in figure two, you can see a comparison of the median time it took to complete the grasp and move tasks with and without touch feedback. On the y-axis of the graph, you can see the time to complete tasks in seconds, and on the x-axis, you can see how the grasp and move tasks were completed. Without touch feedback can be seen in orange on the left, and with touch feedback can be seen in purple on the right. Looking at the graph, how did the touch sensors affect the study participants' ability to grasp and move the objects? Discussion. The bi-directional brain-computer interface was successful. It made it easier for our volunteer to pick up and move objects. We found that the touch information helped the study participant use the hand to grip the object. It also helped them to do it more quickly. 
Touch information helps because we often use our sense of touch to tell us when we have grasped an object. We still have more questions to research about the bi-directional brain-computer interface. For example, would a different person also show improved task scores? Also, many objects that we used in the tasks were firm. That made it easier for the participant to hold the object once they picked it up. They could also grasp the object as hard as they needed to. What would happen if the objects were softer or more breakable? Conclusion. Can you brainstorm a list of activities that need hand movement? Most of them, right? Unfortunately, some people cannot use their hands because of spinal cord injuries. That's why we need more research. We need new technology and treatments. Then people with spinal cord injuries could do more on their own. But we need more work done in this field. That requires more scientists working on this type of research. Could you be a future neuroscientist who tries to solve these difficult problems? Thank you for listening to this recording. Visit our website, sciencejournalforkids.org, for more free science teaching resources.